Welcome to the It Is Written podcast. As doubts about God's will arise, the world resorts to feelings and experts. We go to the law and to the testimony of God's word. In today's episode, we are going to be in the book of Isaiah, chapters 28 through 30. The people then were accused of making drunken plans without consulting God. What lessons can we learn from them? Isaiah the prophet has a lot to say about both the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom, and about Judah, the southern kingdom. One passage where he does that is in Isaiah 28, where he talks first about Ephraim, the northern kingdom. Would you read the first two verses there of Isaiah 28? Woe to the majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards, and to the fading flower of its beautiful splendor, which is on the summit above the rich valley. Woe to those uh, overcome with wine. Look, the Lord has a strong and mighty one, like a devastating hailstorm, like a storm with strong flooding water. He will bring it across the land with his hand. So here, Isaiah is talking about the drunkards that are leading Ephraim, the northern kingdom, and how they're overcome with wine and God has this terrible storm that's going to come and bring them down. Now, it's interesting. We have a lot of leaders in in various areas, government and so forth, that are drunkards and that think they know a lot. And that's exactly the situation here. He says in verse 7, These also reel with wine, stagger from strong drink. Priest and prophet reel with strong drink. They're confused by wine. They stagger from strong drink. They reel while having visions. They totter when rendering judgment. He has no good word to say about them. They are clearly under the influence and not wise about it. He says all the tables in verse 8 are full of filthy vomit without a single clean place. What a pathetic picture. Mm-mm. But you know, it doesn't, you don't have to, you know, be competent to throw off against the Lord. In verse 9, they say, to whom would he teach knowledge and to whom would he interpret the message? Those just weaned from milk? Those just taken from the breast? For he says, order on order, order on order, line on line, line on line, a little here, a little there. They were complaining about Isaiah's prophesying. They thought they really knew everything. And here he is trying to teach us like a bunch of kindergartners. He thinks we need to learn our alphabet. Because he just has all these laws and rules and, and it's just line on line, line on line. We're, we're sophisticated. We're elite. We know these things. We, we've got the superior philosophy and understanding. And really, they're a bunch of drunks. Yep. We're so much like that today. Mm. We, we think we know a lot. We think we've got more to understand than what God has revealed to us. And we, we, we have all these clever insights and all these sophisticated teachings and we're still just babies. Mm-hmm. And we need the line upon line, line upon line, order on order, order on order. So the Lord says, well, would you like something more sophisticated, more sophisticated jargon? He says in verse 11, indeed, he will speak to this people through stammering lips and a foreign tongue, meaning through the Assyrian army that was going to come in and invade. Right. They like something more exotic yeah. in the language department. Maybe they'll appreciate Assyrian. Yep. Meanwhile, the people of Judah weren't much better. Would you read verses uh, 14 and 15? Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers who rule this people in Jerusalem. For you said, we have made a covenant with death, and we have an agreement with Sheol. When the overwhelming catastrophe passes through, it will not touch us, because we have made falsehood our refuge and have hidden behind treachery. So you see the people in Judah doing the same thing. They're afraid of the Assyrian, and they've made this covenant with death. They made this pact with Sheol, and they think the Assyrian won't touch them. They've got all their treaties in place. 
whether he's talking about treaties with the Assyrians or maybe treaties with the Egyptians to protect them from Assyria, they think they're in good shape and they don't rely on the Lord. The Lord says in verse 16, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation, firmly placed. He who believes in it will not be disturbed. God has the true foundation for our faith and for our, our being able to be victorious in this life. And so he says in verse 17, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the level. Then hail will sweep away the refuge of lies. The waters will overflow the secret place. Your covenant with death will be canceled. Your pact with shield will not stand when the overwhelming scourge passes through and you'll become its trampling place. You thought you were going to avoid the scourge of the Assyrians? You're going to be the place where it just comes through over and over again. At morning after morning, he says in verse 20. When we try to rely on our own ideas, our own plans and plots and schemes, it's just, it's, it never works. He says in verse 20, the bed's too short on which to stretch out. The blanket's too small to wrap oneself in. I hate it when that happens. I'm a pretty long guy and some beds are just too short. You laugh over. It's no fun. Or if you can imagine a short cover that doesn't cover all of you. That's what their schemes were. That's what their plans and plots and and the way they were going about things. It wasn't going to do the trick. And, you know, so, so he's really trying to get Israel and Judah to trust in him and not in their drunken plans or in their sophisticated schemes where they thought they'd managed to connive their way into to stability and, and defense. He goes over in chapter 30, and he continues talking about this plan of Judah. He says in verse 1, Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine, who, and make an alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin, who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me. They were, again, trying to figure out things their own way, going down and making these treaties with Egypt, thinking that was going to protect them. They're not doing what God wants. They're not listening to him. Yeah, and Egypt, of course, I mean, it hadn't really done much for them in the past. And (laughs) there's so much irony in the multiple times Israel and its history continues to go back to Egypt, back to Egypt to find some kind of comfort, but it ultimately fails. In this passage, carrying a bunch of goods down to Egypt on the back of pack animals, poor, poor animals, as he says, uh, trying to bribe Egypt into being their, their defense partner. Yeah. and uh, But when it comes to the prophets who were trying to call them back to the Lord, why don't you read verses 9 through 11? They're a rebellious people, deceptive children, children who do not want to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, do not see. And to the prophets, do not prophesy the truth to us. Tell us flattering things. Prophesy illusions. Get out of the way. Leave the pathway. Rid us of the Holy One of Israel. And verse 12, you said, they don't, they don't want to listen to the Holy One of Israel anymore. They were refusing the instruction of the Lord. Yeah. They wanted the prophets to prophesy pleasant words, illusions. Make us feel good. <laughs> they didn't like to hear the Word of God. Yeah. They didn't want to hear what God says. There's so many times when people don't want to hear the truth. Yeah. They want to hear some distortion that will make them feel good. They want, to, they want to be uplifted. They want to be happy. And so they shop around for a message from God yeah. that they approve of, that yeah. they think is going to be what they want. Yeah, we want our version of the truth. We want it laid up to us in the same way we get to go pick music or movie or whatever. That's what we want to do with preaching. Yes, and so we can tell when we're trying to, to select the kind of teaching that's agreeable to us 
that we're not on the right track. We need to be selecting the teaching that comes from the mouth of God, whether we like it or not. Yes, the message that convicts us. Yes. And so he says in verse 15, In repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. But they were not willing. They need to rest and trust in the Lord, wait upon him, listen to his word. That's what you didn't see them doing in Israel or Judah, either one. They weren't turning to the Lord. They weren't seeking the Lord. They weren't trying to find out what his will was and live by it. They caricatured whatever appeal there was to the law of God and wanted to listen to their illusions, their their fantasies that corresponded with their desires. Yeah, so Gary, I guess a good question to ask in your years of preaching, but maybe more in recent years. Uh, when it, when you think about people wanting a certain type of preaching, what comes to your mind? I mean, is there anything in specific that you hear people saying, oh, we want more of this and not a whole lot of that? Well, we want things that we think are practical in this life, what's going to help us be a more successful person in this life, what's going to bring us prosperity and good health. And we want to hear things that that make us feel good, make us happy, make us feel encouraged. We we have plenty of trauma in our life. We don't want to go to church and hear more things that are bothering us. We want to hear things that make us feel good. Yeah. And sometimes you hear people say, we want, we want to hear the messages on love and mercy and that kind of thing. But we don't really want to hear all the messages on, you know, the, the different consequences for sin or, or warnings against particular sins. Um, but there needs to be a balance between those two things. As, as Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.3, they were wanting to have their ears tickled and they would accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires that would turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. Yeah, it was true back in Isaiah's day, it's true in Paul's day, it's true now. Yeah, so we need to be seeking the Lord's word and his word only, whether we like it or whether we don't. Thank you for listening to the It Is Written podcast. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, feel free to send Gary an email at garyfisher1063 at gmail.com. We hope you have a blessed day.